listening to The Fret Files, the Guitar Workshop Podcast with Eric Daw. Send in your question or comment. To participate in the show, you can text or call 757-774-8482. Or to email the show, you can go to my website, ericdaw.com. That's E-R-I-C-D-A-W.com. Click the contact link and send your question or comment there. We'll use it as part of the show. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the show. It's the Fret Files Podcast, the Guitar Tech Podcast. My name is Eric Daw. I'm a longtime guitar builder and repairman. And today's co-host is, as always, Nat. Hello, Nat. Well, thank you. Greetings. I will read the listener's submitted questions, and Eric will try to answer them the best he can, drawing on his experience as a professional luthier. Yeah, I will try. Hey, do you think people will notice the microphone sounds different? It'll be like that vintage amps guy that maybe we've got mystified. Di- my, my mic is the same. We gave Nat a different mic tonight, and it's it wasn't on purpose. I just we just had a yeah. gig, and so my all my gear is in disarray in the basement, and so I grabbed the closest microphone that was and, on this stand. Yeah, and that's a good microphone. It's great, but it's it, different than what we usually have you. Yeah, it might on. be reverse wound. Reverse poles or something. <laughs> well, is. it's it's actually probably a better mic. It's a vintage Shure uh, Spherodyne, isn't it? With an uh, on-off switch. Is it an S565, I think? Yep. With a switch. Yep. I use, neat. I use it for vocals sometimes, and it's got that lo-fi, like... It's got that cutting mid-range. Yeah, that's like nice. that instant karma vocals There you go. Thing. It doesn't have as much uh, proximity effect for to give me the super bass. It's pretty neat. Do you need a? We don't have a uh, a pop screen on it. Do you I'm need gonna a pop screen. Look at my angle. Oh, how about see that? what I did? Man, I just mic techniques like Frank Sinatra. Man. Technique. That's what I do. But that's not why I called. What's on your bench lately, Eric? Uh, a lot I of cut you off a guard lot on of, a uh, <laughs> guitar podcast. Yeah, a lot so, of refrets. Oh, man, that sounds tedious. Yeah, it is tedious. I just finished a a black vintage uh, 70s Les Paul refret. No, oh, I didn't see that one. I'm doing a 60s uh, P-Bass refret. That's kind of cool. And I'm just about to start a modern Tele 50s reissue refret. Oh. Does yeah. this Les Paul have little tiny frets or are they weird frets the 70s it did Did they get weird yeah it had little tiny frets and it weighed 75 pounds or it weighed it's a gibson had some kilograms to it yeah wow yeah cool guitar i just wouldn't want to gig with it you wouldn't want around your neck for you know that'd be terrible man it's like playing a millstone it's just (laughs) ridiculous it is gosh Look, Gibsons are great. I I love listening to them, and I think that they play nicely if you're sitting. 
<laughs> if, if you're Les uh, Paul, maybe. Yeah. I think it'd be cool, so cool to play Western Swing on one. Yeah. Maybe a white one. I don't know. I like the hollow stuff. You weren't here last episode, but we were talking about... Uh, chambered deals? Our, I, I guess I should say I. Uh, yeah. I was talking about, because there was no we. Well, the, I'm, I'm including no, the audience. There, there was some momentum, maybe. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, us. The group. Uh, I was talking about those Epiphone casinos that the Beatles played. Oh, yeah. And they stripped the finish off, mm-hmm. which was a weird move. With like pen knives or Did something. they? Really? Did they? Is that I, what you heard? I think, I think I read that. It doesn't look like that, though, does it? No, I read in this Beatles gear book that they looked at him and de- determined that it was professionally done, whatever that means. I bet it was. Like they and had the, guys for that. And there was a thin finish applied. Yeah. Because it wasn't, it, it'd the, get all brown. Yeah, and they wouldn't grody. put it down to bare wood. No. Right. Uh, anyhow, where was I going with that? The, Epiphone the, Casino. Epiphone Casino really is like Epiphone's version of the 330. I've seen one. The, Do you remember where? No. Guy you used to play with. Jack Cook? I think so. In Seattle? Yeah. Yeah, he had a really nice That's right. Vintage three thirty. That's right. That's what so I See a three thirty five has a block in the center. Yeah. And a three thirty doesn't. It's just totally hollow. It's actually hollow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's a cool guitar. What were we talking about? Refrets. Uh how yeah. Oh, you're not so much a Gibson guy. Millstones. No. Yeah. Sitting down. I do like light weight uh get fiddles uh, yeah telecaster style yeah yeah they're but, awesome uh i've been doing a lot of refrets and then a lot of i've had a few pickup rewinds come and go ooh that's high skill yeah and then i've had a few people order i make a little uh harmonica mic attenuator box kind of like a buffer too in a way yeah it's a it's an attenuator like a pad, you know? Yeah. And I, because I designed one years ago, and I think, I, I'm sure I talked about it on the podcast, but anyway, yep, a few people have. have been, a few few people have been ordering those recently for some reason. I don't know. Things come in waves. Well, those work. I remember. Yeah. And I they use look it. awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't assemble it till someone orders one. Well, the, actually, I think you helped me assemble a bunch of them. We did I don't, some boxes. I don't wire it up until it's, ordered right we did some the big machinist stuff so i've been working on those well that's fun yeah what else not much been cold still got snow it's awful i tell you this is the time of year that really will try your patience with idaho winter because here we are still probably six weeks from warm weather yeah i'm just done it's 10 degrees under normal, and it's been, there have been closed roads. and There's three feet of snow in my backyard, yeah, man. Yeah, shoveling snow I mean, no day. joke. It's up to my hips in places. It's uh-huh. like three feet. And today, it we had a couple inches fall overnight, so I get out my snowblower to clear the driveway. My snowblower hit a big chunk of ice, and it broke the paddle, the blade that spins. It, huh? Yeah. Otter deal. I, so I took it down to... Small engine repair. Yeah. You know why he has so many things out front? Because it's kind of a graveyard for small engines. I know. And I said, it's probably just time for a new one, don't you think? This one's 30 years old. And he goes, yeah, I can fix it. Huh. I said, okay. Well, what I mean is, yeah, 
it looks like you have some <laughs> yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Do you have any for sale? He goes, no. And I look, and there's about 30 <laughs> sitting there. I mean, no joke. The guy's a bit of shyster. There's like 30 sitting there. Yeah. I go. He's strange. I go, you have none for sale? Nope. He got this whole yard. It's in Oh, I know. Right? You know, striped. The old, the old building. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I know. Striped inside. Nobody and, listening to the show knows. Oh, but. they know. They're two guys from here. And, <laughs> and he's got all these kind of. Just this pile of lawnmowers and small so, engines. But they're not for sale? They're in disrepair, near, near as I can tell. I don't know. So people drop them off and... I think I had... I talked to the neighbor about this. I was... I had this junky lawnmower and I couldn't start. And I had to do rituals to get it to start. And I uh, talked about taking it there. And the neighbor said, no, nah, don't bother. Because I think it might... Uh, well, I hope he doesn't we've play gone guitar. Too far, yeah. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to the <laughs> we, show. We've gone too far. Yeah, well, I'm going to edit out bad. the name of his shop. I, it's too bad we don't have any buttons on that that make us not Whatever. tell stories out of school. <laughs> Who cares? Okay, so anyway. Nobody cares. Look, winter's I, terrible. I, I'm no stranger to putting my foot in my mouth on this show. I That's try to do sure. it a few times a show. Yep. Because I don't really care. I don't know if you noticed that about me. Well, anyhow, it's a benign indifference, though. Oh, yeah. 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 But uh, still, that'll get you in trouble. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Not on purpose. Not going out there to no, be I rude. I know. We do have a call. Should we? Roll should... it. All right. Let's see what we can do here. Hey, Eric and Nat. It's Ben here from the UK. Um, I've stripped a couple of guitars. I just was listening to your other episode. I've stripped an old... Um, 70s Japanese precision copy mm-hmm. and a Mexican made Telecaster from the early 90s I did the telly because I had to take the bridge off once and I noticed it had about 2 millimeters of thick finish oh, on there yeah. um, so I just decided to take it off one day with my little boy which I did Wait, it took ages oh, used his little boy. all that stuff but it came out pretty well <laughs> I don't think it really made any difference to the sound um, although if any, it might make it slightly louder acoustically but plugged in Negligible, but it does look a lot cooler now. Which yeah, is cool. buddy. Anyway, my question is this: I've got um, a really nice guitar. I love the sound of it. It's nice to play. It's well made. All that kind of thing. However, the thin E string, the top string, has always seemed weaker than the others. Oh boy! And I don't know why. Um, I've had it set up by people, and they go, "Oh no, it's fine. It's fine." But it's it doesn't have as much sustain it's not as loud um, as the other strings and it just doesn't have as much welly basically yeah um, it's not the pickups because this is it, it does it the same it's the same when it's you know unplugged uh, or turned down acoustically um, but yeah any tips could it be the nut could it be a loose fret I've had a look I can't see anything I can't you know I've tapped it and stuff but where would you start basically to diagnose a guitar that has a weak sounding string I've tried changing the gauge as well actually I went mm. I, I upped the gauge of that string from a 10 to an 11 to see if that made any difference and mm. it didn't really so if you've got any advice about that that would be fantastic yeah. um, keep up the good work with the show I'm loving the book as well uh, yeah speak boy. soon take care thank you sir hey, Stereo Ben from the United Kingdom yeah. with well, a great great question yes. the sad part is that when I when I mix this podcast down to post it, oh no, it gets processed into mono. 
So only you and I hear Ben's we get to experience stereo. That? Yeah, he makes the, these the spaciousness. Yeah, the, yeah, it's like binaural. I know it's stuff. like Phil Spector recorded yeah, it for him, it is, man. And but uh, that no, that will all be lost in post production. We it's we won't bad. have any of that. Well, it's yeah. not lost on me, Ben. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, for some reason, podcast platforms hate it when you're. Audio is in stereo. I bet they do. It's hard to cut on at the least lathe, that's probably. What I, that's what I was told when I started podcasting. Um, it might be different now. I bet. Well, it saves a lot on bandwidth. Yeah. And being right. able to. Yeah, yeah. And then probably amateur stereoism is weird. Bad things could happen. That's true. But that's not why I called again. Did he say Did, what kind of guitar this is? I Wasn't it a... Ah, I wrote so many things down, but not that. Was it the... Mexican telly? He said, he I've got a guitar. The, oh, no. That the high E is weak on. We had one job. We dropped yeah. the ball. No, I don't think he ever said what it was. He says, it's not the pickups. Is it the one he refinished that had thin, two millimeters of finish and he used no, his child? He for? used his, which, by the way, there are sharper implements <laughs> than a small child. <laughs> he, used, he used a small boy <laughs> to remove the finish. <laughs> but he should have done it the way the Beatles done it. Um, uh, you know, it, so it probably matters. That's the tough thing. The bridge is that what you're going to say? Well, yeah. Hmm. Th- there's um, uh, definitely you know parameters that we don't know mm-hmm. here. But let's assume it's like a Telecaster or something let's like that. Let's do. Uh, th- yeah, the nut and the saddle or the bridge is. Those are the first things I'm going to check. Oftentimes what'll happen is I've I've seen this a number of times where let's uh say well it couldn't be an acoustic guitar because he said it's not the pickups. No, yeah, and yeah. at first I was thinking, well maybe it is, how do you know? But then yeah. he says it does it acoustically. Yeah. So it is a me- kind of a mechanical vibrational mm-hmm. thing. Yep, yep, yep. I've you see this on acoustic guitars a lot, you'll have one string that just doesn't It's got no welly. Yeah. Did he say welly? Yeah. I don't think that's risque. He didn't say willy? No, it's got no welly, I believe. Is that a thing? I think it's a thing, and I think it's not bad. Does it come from Wellington boots? Uh, We better not uh, deliberate, because... in, in the case it is uh, yeah. misunderstanding yeah we don't who knows start we don't want to start some but, kind of a but it's got no you know oomph. It's you got say no potato i say potato. yeah it's got no yeah zing. i get it not, so it's not working i see this a lot on acoustic guitars you'll have say a saddle a bone saddle sitting in a slot that hasn't been fitted just exactly right and like you take it out and you look, you set a straight edge against the bottom of the saddle and there's like a gap on the high, oh. high E side, you know? So the contact that the saddle's making is good through all the strings until you get to the high E string. And then, and then there's like a little gap there. It's subpar. Same thing can happen in the nut. I you could, see. You could have a nut that's making really good contact until under the E string, under the high E string. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are the definitely the two things I would check, the saddle and the nut. Um, I wish I knew what kind of guitar this was, and perhaps he said, but I was just, I was 
thinking about the fact that he took his small child's was, face and scraped the paint that was off a his heck of a distraction on his part. <laughs> now, wasn't it the Mexican telecaster oh, with I the big know. finish? I well, no maybe go through a couple things and then we'll edit it and nobody will have to know that we did a bad job of listening. We're only in it for ourselves. Oh, who cares? Yeah. But you, that, those are the things I would check. Yeah. Okay. Um, that I I want to interject here because I was the first thing that came to mind was I have a Dan Electro reissue Korean made mm-hmm. that does this in spades. Oh, really? It has the weakest, goinkiest E string, high E string. Yeah. And I think it's because of the pickups yeah. in that guitar. On Dan Electro's, you um, the, the width of the pickup is just barely yeah. wide enough to pick up magnetically all the strings. There ain't enough field for that deal. And the, yeah. the pickup guts are kind of loose in that lipstick tube thing. Mm-hmm. And so if they're slid off to one side or the other, oh. you'll end up with a discrepancy. What I've done on those is if you take the pickup out, flip it around, really? put it back in, oftentimes you'll find that it's oriented yeah. Well. And then the bass string can kind of take care of itself anyway at that point. Yeah. That's neat. Well, that's cool. So we could try that on your Dano. We should try it. But yeah, if it was a fret, Ben, then it would really only be a problem when you fretted that note, mm-hmm. you know? So if you've got a, like, the bridge is solid and the nut is solid, then it should sound great until you hit the loose fret. And then you'll hear it'll be kind of a dead note, doesn't ring, doesn't sustain. That's why I'm suspecting that it's your bridge or your saddle or your uh, or your nut. Yeah, some mechanical connection. Yeah, I like it. Check it out. And, and he said he uh, tried different string gauges, so it's not just that he's you know sensitive to this one being the thinnest right. or whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. very good. Good question. All right. Thank you, Ben. Letters. We get letters. Love the podcast. Good. That's the the greeting. On the last episode, you recommended another cast by uh, by some guys deeply immersed in Beatlemania. Yeah. I'm more of a Stones guy. Heresy, I know. Have you stumbled over any Stones centric podcasts worth a listen? Thanks, Chuck. Thank you, Chuck. I must admit I haven't. Uh, I if they got them. And it's definitely for lack of trying. <laughs> well, I wonder if they're not quite as inspiring in the podcast sphere as Beatles. Here's my theory. Now, I don't, I'm not going to disparage the Rolling Stones. Let, hmm. me, let me preface this by saying that. But. Uh, however. <laughs> I'm more of a Beatles fan. There okay. you go. Let me just say, this is my this is only my opinion, but Beatles fans and Rolling Stones fans are in it for different reasons. Okay, I like it. So yep. Rolling Stones fans like the Rolling Stones music. Yeah, buddy. Okay. Beatles fans like the Beatles music and like the Beatles personally, like feel like they're their friends. Yeah. Notice there's no Stones mania. No. Yeah. I mean, Nobody says, yeah. who's your favorite Rolling Stone? 
right? Well, yeah, and they might, but they can name two. But, who, you know, who's your favorite Beatle? That's what Beatles fans always say. Oh, who, who's your favorite? So, Beatles fans, it's like um, people feel like they... Uh, cat fell off. Oh, cat <laughs> fell off the couch. That's... Cat said one too many. <laughs> Uh, You're 86, Sullivan. <laughs> Lay off the catnip, buddy. <laughs> Fell off the right way for the listeners that are concerned. Fell Anyhow, off the that's way. that's my theory. Beatles fans feel like the Beatles are their friends, and therefore, like, read books about them and watch documentaries yeah. about them, and, and, and obsess. And it's probably yeah. much more rewarding, yeah, to be obsessed over the Beatles, like Beatles gear, yeah, and Beatles recording. Yeah. Then Stones yeah. recording and stuff. Yeah. So I th- I think the fans are different. There's probably a Stones podcast. Surely. But there's 20 Beatles podcasts for every Stones podcast. I bet. Uh, I mean, how many times do they come out with Rolling Stone documentaries? You know? Mm. Like, the Beatles, every few years, it's a new... Epic. Yeah. Like, yeah. like anthology... Mm-hmm. Or a, or a documentary, or a, you know, oh, a lost recording where, you know, Ringo's going to dub some tambourine over it, and they're going <laughs> to, and 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 the electric light orchestra guy is going to, yeah, that guy, re, going to, remix the it, yeah. Bottom. So, uh, so I, th- my opinion is, uh, Stones podcast probably not that good. And probably nobody cares. Not as intriguing. I saw a cool thing on the YouTube where a guy had, um, I don't know if the person had or if YouTube had automatically, but had presented a documentary with Paul McCartney and Rick Rubin. Oh, I watched that. The one that I told me about, about it. Yeah. It's really it interesting. Was rad. It was it's good. really good. And there still is some snippets of music, so it doesn't get copyright infractions mm-hmm. where they're going through stems of these songs and Paul McCartney is pulling up faders to listen to different parts of music. Yeah. Some of which was included, some of which wasn't. And he pulls things up and he's like, Oh, that must've been George meaning George Martin. Yeah. Because I couldn't have done that. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it talks about origins of songs and how they surfaced later. And I mean, I can't imagine that happening as much with Rolling Stones. The minutia of, like, the meaning behind the songs yeah. and and the the recording techniques yeah. and it's not there. Like, nah. like everybody knows the Beatles producer, right? Yeah. Who produced the Rolling Stones? Glenn Johns. Oh, really? I think he did a couple of them. Well, later on, yeah, he did. I don't know because I but he was working. He worked on. Uh, Get back, let it be era Beatles Did he? stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I he could did. be wrong. Anyhow, interesting. Yeah, nobody says who, who's the fifth Rolling Stone. It'd be right? like that guy, that guitar yeah. guy they had after the first guitar guy. Whatever. Yeah, I I can Not name him. Cool drummer though. Oh, I know. Yeah, Charlie. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. He's the cool. Guy. If you're a Stones fan, yeah, like he's the whole reason. That the stones are really cool, man. Oh yeah, like, that guy's cool. He gets it. I got it. Yeah, sorry. And Keith, you know, yeah. Keith is cool. Good guy. 
And country music. If they ever do country, it's good. Maybe not as good as Ringo song, songs, country, but <laughs> anyway, we better move on. Thank you, Chuck. That's a good one. Let me try this one. I work on, I just need some kind of a greeting. I work on and build guitars as a hobby, and a friend brought me an Epiphone Genesis 1980 Japan-made guitar that is fretting out. Wow. I have just started on it but found the neck radius of 7.25 inches, and the bridge appears to be one for a 12-inch neck. Hmm. That sounds awfully flat, but we'll come back to that. Will this cause problems in the action on the upper frets? Also, doing research on the Genesis guitar, I never, let's see, I never a model, let me try to make sense of this. I've never seen a model with anything other than a 12-inch radius fretboard. Hmm. Scott in Springport, Indiana, hmm. USA. Yeah, I just, I had to look that up. It looks like a little, it's kind of a Gibson-ish looking little thing. Huh. 1980s, pretty early. Yeah. Uh, it has a, it has a seven and a quarter inch neck radius. I'm just astonished. And is that pretty, that's pretty low, isn't it? Do they go lower than that? No, they don't. Like more curvy? Yeah, that's the that's the curviest mm-hmm. really that you see. Um and that's Fender mm-hmm. territory. I'm guessing somebody refretted that and and re-radiused the fingerboard. Huh. And because it it's not is it not a bolt-on neck? Is it no. not what we think of as Fender style neck? No. Oh. And uh the especially combined with the fact that it doesn't match up to the bridge because I would expect the bridge to be a 12-inch radius bridge. Oh, that's not particularly flat. Is that kind of Gibson-y? Y- yeah. Oh. Yeah, you want the radius of the bridge to match the radius of the fingerboard. So, um, yeah, it it would cause problems. It would cause problems. I don't know what happened there. I'm guessing someone re-radiused and re-fretted that, that neck. Huh. That's my guess. It's interesting that it's an, a good round number of 7.25. Is, is is that the exact measurement of a lot of fender necks? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of, I don't know. Yeah, somebody re-radiates Kind of suspect. That. All right, let's take a little break, and we'll come back with a, a few more questions. Let's do. After these messages, we'll be right back. You know playersgearmusic.com is the go-to place for neck heating irons or neck presses. We've been telling you about that for a long time, but you should really check out his effects pedals. Go to playersgearmusic.com. Rick over there makes custom guitar pedals, and he makes all kinds. They're so unique. Check them out. Uh, Distortion pedals, boosts, fuzz pedals, and sometimes they're in really unique um, containers. Sometimes they're uh, painted wild. you got to check it out. Playersgearmusic.com. While you're there, look up the neck heating irons that he sells. It's the only place on earth that I'm aware of you can still buy one, and it's essential. It's essential in my shop. I use mine all the time. Playersgearmusic.com. Check it out. This episode of the Fret Files podcast is brought to you by Apex Coffee Roasters. Imagine always having fresh roasted coffee in your home. 
Now, imagine, you didn't even have to leave the house for it. A subscription with Apex Coffee Roasters makes all of this possible. You choose the plan that best suits your needs, and they handle the rest. Their roaster will select a coffee option just for you and send it your way. Discounts are applied if you get a six-month or a year-long subscription. And shipping included if you're in the USA. Great coffee every morning. Just cut a little bit easier. That's apexcoffeeroasters.com. And if you go there and use my promo code, you get an additional 10% off. That's pinup, P-I-N-U-P. That's at apexcoffeeroasters.com. How do, Mr. Daw? Hello. I'm writing you from Norway. I really enjoyed your podcast. I enjoy, present tense, your podcast. Thank you. I found it very informative and, that's past tense, hope you keep it up for many years to come. Oh, my God. Thank you. He means well. I'm trying to catch up, and I'm currently about five years behind. Oh, that's a Sisyphean task. I thought I was behind. Yeah. But I'm also listening to your new podcasts as they come out. Several questions have come to mind as I've been listening to your podcasts, and many of them have been answered, but I have a couple still unanswered. I have a 72 Telecaster with an odd pickup configuration. This is totally self-inflicted. Okay. I know. I bought this guitar more than 30 years ago, and it had a lipstick neck pickup and a single coil bridge pickup Hmm. that I, I... Oh, is it... Probably, uh, I'll keep reading. People occasionally will call the Tele neck pickup a lipstick. It's not. Oh, that's what's going on. And I think that's what he means. Okay. Yes. That's a perceptive thing, and that may uh, make sense of this later. I found the lipstick pickup to be too weak, had no welly, and moved the bridge pickup to the neck position and put a Seymour Duncan hot rails in the bridge position. So, yeah, I, I've i examined the bridge pickup it came with, and I do not think it is an original Telecaster pickup. It has a yellowish plastic housing that might have been white at one point. It has a hex-slash-allen key threaded magnetic pole pieces okay. with a magnet blade running under them with a sticker saying, Patent Applied For. I've metered it to 8.6 kilo-ohms. I've never found another electric guitar which sounds as perfect as this Telecaster, and it sounds great no matter what amp I plug into, and I tend to favor the neck pickup. But I have no idea what make, model, or manufacturer this pickup is. Can you help me figure out what this pickup is and who made it? I'm... It... It must be at least from 1991. Another question. Wait, hold on. You want to do this? After all of that, his question is... What is it? Who made the pickup? Yeah. Well, how the hell would I know? Well, it's got yellow, man. And it's got a thing. (laughs) It's got a sticker on it. (laughs) It's got a yellowish plastic Uh, housing. And it's got the hex allen key threaded magnetic pull piece. He was... Hey, it's pretty exquisite detail, and he thought... Okay, okay, okay. It's, you know, podcast. Give it a shot. Um, Send me a picture of it, I suppose. That would help. Uh, I don't know. Well, man. Give uh, it some crazy speculation. Okay, DeMarzio. It's maybe a DeMarzio. You see those a lot with the, the Hex Allen height 
pull piece adjustment. Yeah. Hex pull pieces. So it might be a DiMarzio. Um, that's my guess, but I don't know. It could be anything, man. You can Columbo this I'm, and keep coming back yeah. and answer it. I'm flummoxed by the fact that he took a Telecaster, moved the bridge pickup to the neck position, which doesn't fit. So how did he make it fit? So he routed out the neck cavity and then installed like a... A Tele bridge pickup yeah, he's, has three mounting holes. He's uh, eluded some some critical detail because he didn't want to talk about it. I'm I'm lacking pertinent <laughs> information here. You're at and, a loss, and, and uh, <laughs> I don't. I had a guy call me today. I was walking across my yard, and my phone rang, and I picked it up. Yeah, you Hello? got a portable phone. You might as well pick it up. Eric Daw Custom Guitars. It's a guy I know. Oh yeah, lives down south about twenty minutes, and he down goes, the way. Eric, trying to buy this SG, but oh, it's yeah. but it's broken. <laughs> Do yeah. you think it's fixable or is it a lost cause? Yeah, this is all the information I, I, I had. You, I hope you just answered. I just like, how <laughs> would I possibly know? No, man. Like, you... look. You could search I'm your not heart. Psychic. I'll give it a shot. I don't have a magic eight ball. I can't just divine these answers from the cosmos. Well, you needed to be something of a guitar buyer, guitarist whisperer, and say from your tone of voice, "Yep, you want it bad enough. Go ahead." I'm. He goes. Well, he goes. Is it possible that it's not fixable? I said yes. <laughs> He said, is it possible that it is fixable? I said, yes. Yeah. In the realm of all possible universes, is there an SG that this, is not like, fixable? Right at this moment? Yeah. I don't even know if this guitar exists. Yeah. Like, if, if you bring it to me, we can have an intelligent conversation about it. But short of that, like, I don't know what we're going to do here. Yeah. And that's how it's I'm feeling fun, about this pickup. Yeah, it's a fun game, though, isn't it? Like, Without the information. <laughs> about, I'm thinking of a guitar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you tell me, is it fixable or not? You know, it's a long road trip. There are no video games. Okay. All well, right. Does he have another? He sure does. We I, really it, didn't help him. Well, it was fun. We, we just had fun. We, we don't know. We had fun. We don't know. Okay. Another question. How do you solve the problem of... The tiny hex screws. That's a, a lead into sound of music. Yes, chorus. If for some of the older, how do you solve the problem of Maria? Like Maria, she's trying to go to that dang convent, dang but she's just kind of wild, man. She's a fun gal. She's neat. I think she clicked her heels and stuff. Yeah, she had a guitar sure. ties was, in. Well, she was a singing nun, wasn't she? Yeah, she well, was that was neat. a different episode. I'm not sure. Neat gal. Um, how do you solve the problem of the tiny hex screws? For adjusting the action on the guitar, snagging on the screws, securing the bridge plate to the body when you are intonating a Telecaster. Oh, pretty simple. Oh, I understood that. Greetings. I know that one. That one makes sense. That's in a world that you can understand. Greetings from Norway. That's Peter or Peter. Mm -hmm. You know, like Peterson or something. Yeah. P.S. Thanks for the podcast. The podcast. Yeah. That's our cousin from Norway. Right on. I tried to pay no mind to the mounting screws. They don't bother him at all, but they, they really don't. They're awful for other people. Because what will end up happening is if the if 
you know, if the height adjustment screws happen to land on one of the um, mounting screws for the bridge mm-hmm. on a Telecaster bridge plate, you know, mm-hmm. then you let the chips fall where they may. Where it lands is where it lands. And as long as it has a solid surface to adjust your height up and down. It's as good as the let it regular roll, plate, huh? Play ball. Well, he's worried about it snagging, so maybe if those screws are messed up, you well, got once trouble, it's adjusted, but... so once it's adjusted, there is, yeah, don't bang on it; it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. Well, that's a good one. Did we already take a break? We, yeah, you God, hit that after your messages. We're and then, in it for the long haul here. Yeah, now we're. I I can see the end in sight. We're doing okay. <laughs> this <laughs> is the. To... This is like the late February blues part, yeah. portion of the podcast. Yeah, man. I don't think I'm ever gonna. I'm. I'm going to be a science denier about this snow and just not shovel it. Greetings, Fret Files podcasters. That's us. Hey, that's me and you. Yeah, it is. That's the both of us. I have a reissue Gibson SG with the Vibrola sideways trim tailpiece. You know the kind, I'm sure. I'm glad you said that because you were just thinking, I know the kind. I know exactly the yep. kind. It doesn't, the damn thing doesn't work. Yeah. I'll tell you that yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> it. <laughs> It doesn't stay in tune worth a, oh, worth a darn. That's what he says. The He's, next very next sentence. Yeah. Well, I bet you every time someone's described that vibrola, they've said that. They've had to have that yes. caveat. So far, we're in perfect agreement. And, yeah, we're in alignment. It would be fun if I could use it. We're still yeah. there. Yeah. What's the secret to making it behave? <laughs> oh, now we're in trouble. Uh-oh. I read on the internet oh. that a really great solution to this problem is... Locking tuners. All right, that's it. And, no, I ain't even done. And a roller bridge. Oh. And I was wondering if you'd like to tell me if that's a bad idea or not. I would. It seems so crazy that it just might work. I like this guy's style. That's thanks, <laughs> Gary in New Mexico. Thanks, Gary. Roller bridge, locking tuners, make it behave. Making that Vibrola behave, if if you conquer that that mountain, right? Mm-hmm. If you climb that yeah. uh, that mountain, ascend to the heights. Let everyone know, because you'll be the first to have conquered that problem. Yeah, I man. know of no way to make that that vib- sideways vibrola behave. It's like Fermat's last theorem. Man. It's like imagine if a Bigsby didn't work as well as it did. <laughs> yeah. Like if like it's like a really 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 bad prototype version of a Bigsby. It really doesn't work, man. It doesn't return to zero. It barely moves when you when you torque on it. Yeah. But it definitely doesn't move back to where it started. That's too bad. Yeah, it's it is too bad. It has nothing to do with the tuners. And it remember, has he said absolutely nothing to do with the tuners. <laughs> no, that's an important point. But remember this cool sentence: "It would be fun if I could use it." Yeah, wouldn't <laughs> it? <laughs> you dang Skippy, that'd be cool. You know, sideways vibroli. Yeah, I've had cars like that. Man, it would be fun if I could drive. That I know. Car, you know, but there gosh. it sits in my driveway. It's so you know we can't choose outcomes. As well as we'd like. We think that we select and then we have a, some sort of outcome in life. But, hmm. gosh, I don't know. Yeah. 
sorry, Gary, those are garbage. <laughs> they look super cool. They look super cool. They are attractive. Here's, here's my opinion. If you put a roller bridge on that, there's a few things that are going to happen. A, it's still not going to work. Okay, so th- the um, strings rolling through the saddles is not the problem. That's not the weak of, link here. Uh, no. But what is going to happen is you're going to introduce loose, vibrating saddles into what's already a dubious situation. Yeah. So you're going to make your problem worse. I'm not a fan of roller bridges, really. Even on those Gretchy heels and stuff? If you've got a really good brake angle going... To hold it down. Yeah. Because if you ever look at a roller bridge... It's just, it really is just a little roller. It's a wheel. It's just a wheel. And any kind of loose vibrating part like that, it's like we were talking about with Ben. Yeah. It just saps all the string vibration. Soaks up all the energy. Takes up all your energy, takes up all the sustain, and you end up with a guitar. Now now it won't stay in tune, and it won't sustain. And the bridge might roll. Yeah. (laughs) So my guess is there's not going to be enough downward pressure to make those roller saddles behave, and the roller saddles aren't going to cause the problem of the fact that that vibrola tailpiece just doesn't work. There's a yeah. reason why they're rare. Yeah. Let me say that much. Mm-hmm. Like, the problem, the, only, the, the tremolos that really work the best are tremolos where a string doesn't have to travel through a bridge. Like, think about the fulcrum tremolo of the Stratocaster, right? Oh, really? So this the, it hardly moves. The string through. doesn't have to pat, doesn't have to move right. back and there, forth. It's not a friction point. Where no, things it's a happen. fulcrum. Whoa! Yeah, I never got that. Yeah, I, it's inherent in the title, and I maybe I should have gotten that, but yeah. This is the problem with every other vibrato system that's that I see. This, like a Bigsby. The strings actually have to slide through a thing. Yeah, yeah. And Plus, they're just mounted with, on a giant yeah. spring that isn't going to do what it's told. Yeah. It, it doesn't return back to it, the starting point. Those are neat exactly. looking too, though. Yeah. So the Vibrola is super cool. You know, you see Billy Gibbons playing one, but you, not, what you not won't cranking see, on it. Yeah. what you won't see <laughs> is him cranking on no, it. No, sir. Yeah. Not yeah. sideways, not up and down, not so, nothing. And definitely not locking tuners. Yeah. That is the opposite end of the guitar where your problem is. That's interesting. That's a yeah. good mechanical lesson. I like that. Let's try this. Good one, Gary. Hi, Eric. I love the book. And thanks. while some of it's over my head, Uh-oh. I have really enjoyed reading it. Good. It's readable. It filled in a lot of gaps in my wiring knowledge that I didn't even know were there. I'm excited to choose one of the souped-up wiring diagrams and try it out one of on one of my strats. Cool. Here is a back-to-basics question for you. How often do I need to get my guitar set up? Mm-hmm. Is it different for electric versus acoustic guitars? When I restring, is there any basic maintenance that I should take care of in between setups? Thanks for the show, Leon in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Whoa. Interesting. Have you ever heard of Ocean Springs, Mississippi? No, I've heard of Gulfport. I'm, yeah. That's about it. I Alexi. never have. Hello, Leon. Yeah. 
Thanks for ordering my book. Sol- yeah. Solidsoundbook.com. Uh, how often do you need to get your guitar set up? Well, here's what I tell people. Once or twice a year is a pretty good rule of thumb. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if, you know, like you're recording or you're gigging a lot, you know, maybe even a little more. But I have guitars where I set them up and they just kind of stay where I put them. I have other guitars. I set them up and then the next time I pick it up, it seems like it needs to be set up again. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it depends on the guitar. And a lot of it depends on the uh, climate and the, uh, you know, fluctuations in temperature and humidity that your guitar is being subject to. So, for example, do you tour? Do you take your guitar in and out of places where the temperature and humidity fluctuate? You know, So these are all factors that will affect how often do you need to get your guitar set up. Is it electric or acoustic? Acoustic guitars tend to fluctuate more with the seasons than electric guitars do. Hmm, yeah. But all that being said... Um, I would say a good rule of thumb is once a year. It's a good rule of thumb. Now, if you notice that the guitar's acting up, the action got lower, the action got higher, it's got a buzzing string, a buzzing fret, uh, it's acting up in some way, then mm-hmm. it's time to get it set up. So that's that's my standard answer. Once a year, at least... And more if it's acting up. That's a good measure. So it's not so much chronological. No. It's when it's necessary. And he also says, is there any basic maintenance I should take care of? When he's, you know, just restringing or something. in between setups. If you have a guitar with a rosewood or ebony fingerboard, it's a good time to oil that. If you want to get into it, you could polish the frets while you've got the strings off. A lot of guys kind of think oh. that's a fun little thing to do. You what know, what would you use for that little? I use cloth? yeah. You could just use cloth and some polishing compound, oh, okay. and you know, you want to either mask off the fingerboard or use a uh, use a f- use a fingerboard Template guard. Thingy. Yeah, it's a little store bought deal. Metal right? guard with a slit in it, so mm-hmm. just the fret pokes through. What I use is a Dremel with a little polishing wheel on it. I've talked about that on the podcast before. Yeah. But uh, it's also, you know, a good time when you're restringing. It's a good time to check all the hardware. Like tuners have things that come loose. It's a good time to check those little screws and nuts and just check over the guitar and see if everything's cool, if the pickups are falling in or anything like that. But, you know, a lot of that gets taken care of in setup. Really, uh, a lot of my customers I talk to are so scared to do anything different to their guitar that they'll Mm -hmm. change strings one at a time as to not shock the guitar. Like, you know. Yeah, I could see that, you know. And that's fine if you feel that way. That's probably gentle. And there's something about starting from scratch. I don't know. Maybe that's a philosophical deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Thanks, Thanks, Leon. Thanks for taking it back to basics. I got a couple book reviews. 
Let's hear one. Cold, one from, alternate? The, cold what, from the website. Which yeah, one do? I'll read one. All right. Book review from solidsoundbook.com. I have been a professional luthier for over 15 years, and I was a little worried the info in Solid Sound would be redundant. Wow, was I wrong. This is a fantastic reference for hobbyists and professionals alike. That's from Eben Cole. That's a good one. Thank you, sir. Let me try one. This book is fantastic. Hot dog. Yeah. I've worked on my own guitars for years, but wiring was never my thing. Eric Daw's book not only contains really cool wiring configurations, but has gone a long way towards demystifying electronics for me. I've learned tons from Eric's podcast, The Fret Files, and now even more from this book. Lovely. John Lane. Thank you, John. If you want to buy a copy of my book, go to solidsoundbook.com and order yourself a copy today. If you've already ordered one, thank you. Perhaps there's someone in your life that... Maybe an upcoming <laughs> birthday. Or maybe Mother's Day. You know, Mom might love a copy of this book. Oh, that's right. L- yeah. Get Mom to bust out the old soldering iron. Yeah. Put the telly up on the kitchen counter there. and You bet. That does it for this show, this episode of the Fret Files podcast. If you want to participate in the show... Should. We recommend it. We do recommend it. You can call or text 757-774-8482. That number, once again, is 757-774-8482. Or you can go to my website, ericdaw.com. Click the contact link. Send in your question or comment there. We'll use it as part of the show. Thank you, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.